This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Dr. Trent Talbot is the CEO and founder of Brave Books, a children's book publishing company that promotes Christian and traditional values. Since its founding in 2021, Brave Books has provided over 150,000 homes with great stories that also serve as a tool for families to come together and have important discussions. Trent, thanks so much for joining us on Takeaways. Thanks for having me, Kurt. Good to say, hey, you know, Texas and California, this is like the clash of two worlds right here. Yeah. But uh, we share the same values. And uh, man, we've got kids. You're a dad. I'm a dad. I've got six kids. How many kids do you have? I got three kids. The oldest is just turned three. So it's a busy time in our house. So it's not surprising that you started this children's book publishing company. But what is kind of surprising is that you were an ophthalmologist. You were an eye doctor. Yeah. Uh, how, how, did, how did that happen? How did you go from being an eye doctor to starting a book publishing company? Yeah, I, was, I, I did cataract surgery basically uh, every day. And, and, and I liked it. Um, but then... I was I was saved in like right at the beginning of 2019. Got married, and after I got married, we had had our first daughter Charlotte. And right after she was born, just everything changed. You know, um, I was totally blind to this culture war on kids. When she was born, it was just like every day there was something new. All this happened in the first like three weeks of Charlotte's life, and it just rocked my world. For whatever reason, it just stuck with me. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I, I would it keep me up at night. I was just thinking about you know this is the world my daughter's going to grow up in. And, and I, I, I see all these families, they, the kids just have totally different values than their parents. And when the kids age, they, they grow separate from, from mm -hmm. the parents. And, and, and I, I saw that in my own life with some of my family members and, and it's, it's, it bothered me so much. And, and, and then this idea for brave books, freedom Island um, yeah. started to come yeah. to me and, and I decided to, to go for and it. so did you feel this like excitement to do it? Was it sort of a burden? Like I have to do this? Did you feel obligated for the sake of your kids? It was more just, it seemed like this great adventure and, and battle, you know, because I, I saw this wide open space where for parents, for Christian conservative parents, there was no company out there that they could just trust implicitly with their kids' imaginations. Right. I saw an opportunity and I started to think through like how, how I do it you know, and this vision started to come and it just seemed like it'd be too fun not to, it'd be too fun to pass up. That's really what it was. So, so this was a fight and an adventure. Yeah, yeah. And you just, you just had to jump in. Now, did, did, uh, did your wife think you were crazy? Uh, what about some of your friends and in, in, in your community? What did they think of this, this harebrained idea? Most of my friends and family, they thought I was crazy because I, I had it really nice as an ophthalmologist. You know, it's, it's a guaranteed nice living. But my wife, we were sort of newlyweds. So we were still in that honeymoon period, um, like a, a year. And so she, she's, she was like, well, everything I said, just, yes, let's do it. I got your back. And that's all I needed. Now, fast forward to five years. I don't know if, if where we're at now, she would, she would have gone along with it. because she's, <laughs> Now she's very open to shut down bad ideas. But, but yeah, she got behind me. And then, and then we just went for it. I've, I've got a great, I've got a great best friend who, who, uh, who, who got behind it, Justin, and, and he, he, helped, he helped a lot make this thing happen. How did you assemble your team? And uh, were there th moments along the way where you felt like, hey, 
God is confirming this is what he wants you to do? We really had no idea what we were doing. It was just sort of this vision and and the Lord, every step along the way, just provided the perfect person. I mean, just the perfect person. Our first, first hire, uh, her name was Lena. She had all this experience with Christian book publishing and she right. happened to go to my church, a small little church, which is, you know, Christian book publishing is a very small industry. And then, so that was, that was the first hire. And then just time after time, hire after hire, just the Lord bless us with an incredible team. And you, you've gotten to know the team of Brave Books and that's what makes Brave Books is we just, we've got this unbelievably tenacious, creative, feisty, <laughs> scrappy, uh, scrappy it's, this, it's this tiny but mighty team yeah. of, of people. And you've got such a great name. How did you come up with the name Brave Books? I thought that was a lot, that was a big problem with, with sort of this Christian conservative movement is, is just there wasn't enough people taking a stand, speaking honestly, being brave. And I also just like the way it sounds. <laughs> I think that's an underrated aspect of a, of a business name. It's got to be easy to say. It's got to flow off the tongue. And Brave Books does that. And then within Brave Books, you've got something you call the Freedom Island Universe. Yeah. I tell, tell us, what is Freedom Island Universe? So Freedom Island, we wanted to create this space where a, a safe, safe space. A truly safe space. Yeah, a safe space for children's imaginations to just go and explore and have fun. And we've created this really fun universe. And our vision is for the next 50 to 100 years, when Christian, conservative parents or grandparents, when their kids, grandkids turn three to five, they start a subscription with the Freedom Mind Book Club and they get a new book every single month. And every book takes place in this universe. And so like for 50 months, it's their picture books and then, and then it changes to two chapter books a month. And so from the time they're three, four, until they're 14, they're growing up in this universe and every single book reinforces, helps instill a value, you know, that, that builds them up, that instills solid morality, solid character. So good. And, and it also helps facilitate, you know, getting everybody off screens, coming together, reading a book and the games discussion questions in the back help create those, those memories, those conversations between parents and kids that, that will help them help parents just transfer the beliefs, the values that they hold dear into their kids. So good. You know, the family unit's under attack and, and it's so hard to be a parent right now, you know, with all these screens and you know, these kids are, kids are getting bombarded from every angle, yeah. whether social media, TV, schools, libraries, parents need help. They need tools. And that's what we're trying to provide. And, and we've been working together and I have been just on fire together with you and your team as we've been going to these libraries for Brave Book Story Hour. Tell everybody, what is a Brave Book Story Hour? And, uh, and then what was See You at the Library? Brave Book Story Hour is typically starring Kirk Cameron, um, where we show up at libraries and we just read some wholesome kids books. And for some reason, it's sort of taken the country by storm and, and it outrages you know the left. They, they, they get up in arms about it. Libraries, the American Library Association tried to shut us down. Really mind-blowing stuff. It's been just an unbelievable story since it all started just how much controversy is created just the fact that we want to we want to participate in these public institutions these public spaces read wholesome books that reinforce values that we as christian and and conservatives believe in and yeah it's been it's been a wild ride see you at the library was sort of the culmination of that national book tour talk about that day you know kirk's busy we he can only be at one library at a time 
And there's so many families, communities that were just begging, hey, brave Kirk, y'all come out to to this place. And, 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 you know, we wanted to help empower all, all the communities across the country to host their own Brave Bookstore Hour and do it on one day where we just take over libraries. August 5th of 2023 is whenever we did it. And um, yeah, we had over 10,000 people show up at libraries across the country, reading wholesome books, brave books, or whatever books that they, that they wanted to read. And that was just the start. We're going to make this an annual deal next year. Our goal is 100,000 people. We're really going to get behind it. You know, we got a lot going on at Brave. And so we sort of like really started to promote it six weeks in advance. But next year, we're going to, it's going to be a big promotion, 100,000. We're going to make it happen. It was such an exciting thing to be a part of. And, and those 10,000 people represented over 300 public libraries that were adopted by citizens. And, and they were the ones who started it. And their commitment was to sing, was to pray and read wholesome books of Christian virtue to their kids in the community. And uh, there were uh, over 46 states that participated in that day. And now there's pastor story hour. There's all sorts of parent story hours, grandparent story hours that are happening because of the ideas that, that this dad and ophthalmologist came up with uh, when he launched Brave Books. Talk about the pushback that you have gotten by writing these kinds of books and hosting these kinds of events. We were getting a lot of, you know, negative articles, Rolling Stone, Jimmy Kimmel was making fun of us. <laughs> and, uh, but we ignore it, keep our head down and keep going. And, and at this point, you know, the, the, the attacks, I guess they've, they've learned that they're not working and we're not going anywhere. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll definitely with the Kurt, with your stuff, the story hours, it's been, it's been a lot more, we're just, but, but with just making the books, they're sort of just like leaving us alone right now, which mm. is, is, is pretty nice. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, Trent, we, we got talking in the very beginning about how you had these fatherly instincts that just kicked in when you started seeing um, these, these horrific book titles and movies and all this stuff being uh, shoved onto your children and everybody's children. Um, can, can you uh, articulate some of those fatherly instincts that kicked in for your kids again? What was the, what was the feeling that it gave you? Well, first was anger, a lot, a lot of anger. And then for me, it was, it was just an idea, vision, and, and, and I, I guess at this point, I was, I was passionate about the topic, you know, about, about you know, creating an alternative, um, alternative place where kids' imaginations can go. Um, and then it became a lot of, you know, using, you, trying to use the brain that God gave me to really like map things out. Yeah. And, Look at all right, what risk am I taking? How can I mitigate as much risk as possible? What's the opportunity? Can I actually make this happen? And a lot of analysis. I think you have to have both components. You can't just go through life, make really big decisions with just a feeling. Like you've got to, to me, I would advise you, you couple that with thorough research analysis just to make sure that you don't make a foolish decision. That's really wise that, that you've done. And clearly God, God is blessing what you're doing. And uh, I think that's a great encouragement 
for all of us right now because there have been generations in the past and opportunities we've all had to just sit on the sidelines and say things like, well, you know, there's always been bad things out there for kids. There's probably always been TV shows and books that are not great for kids, uh, but we turned out okay. But you said, no, this is maybe unique. I mean, these kinds of movies and books, this is next level stuff. And this is our time to rise up and stand up and do something about this. Do you think this is a unique time in our country? It seems like it, you know, from my perspective, I'm 38 years old, but from my memories of my childhood, I mean, my, my parents were, I guess you could call them passive parents. Like they sort of allowed culture to help raise us, you know, public mm -hmm. school, um, just drop us off at the soccer fields, watching all, all sorts of TV. So culture had a great role in my upbringing and I'm not perfect. And I saw some things I shouldn't have been exposed to for sure. But um, just sort of just American traditional values were instilled you know, th by culture. If, if parents today, if they let culture raise their kids, if they, if they choose to, you know, let TV, social media, public schools, if, if they choose to go that route, um, it's a, it's a, that's a dangerous choice. And, and I don't think that that was the case back even 20 years ago. You said if, if parents let culture raise their kids, that, that's not a good idea. Uh, however, you want to be able to create tools that parents can use to raise their kids. And the tools you want to create are books and movies and TV shows and things like that. So really what you're saying, I think, is if you let a godless culture raise your kids, we're going to be in trouble because people become like the gods that they worship. And, and, and maybe what our task is, is to create the culture that raises our children, that we as parents and Christians and people who love this country and our families and God, we create a culture that we can use as tools to help us raise our children the right way. Your, your own home is going to have a culture. And, and right now, th there's not a lot of options, I'd say, to, to, to help parents create a fun, exciting culture for their kids. And, and yeah, so Brave Books is here to, here to help facilitate that. Do your own kids like Brave Books? They love Brave Books. They love Brave Books. <laughs> I, meet, I meet kids everywhere who love Brave Books. You go to these libraries, they've already got the Freedom Island map. They've already got the stickers. They know all the characters. They know who Bongo is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they know who Asher the Fox is. It's so cool. Um, you know, because two years ago, those were just figments of my imagination, you know? Yeah. And now, now so many kids are enjoying them. It's really awesome. My my daughter's she's obsessed with villains. <laughs> she she's obsessed with Blackheart. Her her third birthday was a Blackheart birthday party. So we have gotta watch out for her. <laughs> she, so, but yeah, yeah, they love them, and it, and it's it's so fun to to see them, you know, fall in love with the world, and then the conversations that it, it creates. Trent, what what advice do you have for parents? who are looking at their kids and they're feeling the same way. They're feeling angry, they're feeling frustrated, but, but, but they might feel hopeless thinking, uh, well, you know, I, I don't determine what books are in the library. How would you encourage them? Do you think anybody can make a difference? Oh yeah, 100%. And, and we, I've seen that so many times, not just with like Brave Books and our story and the, and the people that have helped Brave Books, you know, become what it is. Um, but I, you know, we've got to know a lot of, people that have the boots on the ground that are fighting for school boards or libraries. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, a lot of times it starts with one person. Um, and as far as advice, I, I think the people that I've interacted with, 
who have been the most successful is first and foremost, they have their homes in order. You know, they have that foundation where, where they focus on their home first. And once, once that, once their foundation, their rock is solid, then you can go out and, and you can make change because you have that support. You have that, that place that you can always go to. If you don't have your own home in order and you try to go out and change the world, it's just, it's going to make things worse. How would you encourage a family to figure out or a mom or a dad to figure out how to choose what to do to make a difference? I mean, there's so many things that need to be done. You could run for public office. You could become a youth group leader. You could become, uh, you know, join the PTA. You you could do all things. You could pull your kids out of public school and say, we're going to homeschool our kids. Uh, Is there a process like prayer or asking certain people that you trust for advice to determine what you should do? Knowing yourself is super important. Knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and, and then knowing, knowing who would, who would be going along with you on this journey, you know, if it's, if it's a big undertaking. Um, so for me, for me personally, I, I had some strengths that were right in line with this. I'm highly, highly creative and I'm bold and, um, and, and, I, and I'm tenacious, but if I went by myself and humble, <laughs> yes, super <laughs> humble. <laughs> and, but I knew, I knew that if I went by myself, I'd fail a hundred percent. And, um, so I, my best friend decided to go along with the journey, had the support of my wife, my best, best friend counter counterbalances all, but you know, he counterbalances my weaknesses incredibly well. And so, so you ha- yeah, you have to be honest with yourself. And, and I think talking to family, friends is, is crucial as well as, as well as, you know, talking to the Lord. I, th- I think that is exactly right. And, and I've experienced the same thing too, uh, to remember that we, we don't um, live on a rock on an Island. We're not living in silos. We have one another yeah. and I'm encouraged by what you're doing. I'm encouraged by, by what I see other people doing. I meet people on the airplane. I meet people in church at schools all over the country who are doing unique things. I never even thought of. The point is if we all do what God has designed us to individually and uniquely do, I think we can get the job done. Yeah, exactly. Because we're all directed by the mind of Christ. And he may be saying, look, I'm going to get Trent to really like double down on this library book publishing thing. And I'm going to get Kirk to double down on this TV show over here and somebody else. And all of a sudden we say, man, we, we, we got an army of people who are, who are pointing in the same direction. And, and I think in order, in order to have all these different people with the different skill sets. So, you know, it's been so great interacting with working with you and, and the team over at Brave because we work so well together. And I think we work well together because there's no big egos. And so just putting the egos aside and, and stay, stay in our lanes and, and just keep the eye focused on, on the mission. And when we do that, um, we have yeah. success. What are some of the conversations that you're having with your kids now and some of the conversations that you're saving for later? I mean, age appropriateness seems to mean nothing now, right? We've got drag queens who are like, you know, revealing genitalia to toddlers as they read them, you know, picture books in libraries uh, and talking about gender and sexuality at ages where the kids haven't even hit puberty. What are the messages in the books you're writing now all about? We do cover gender reality, um, the sanctity of life, um, and, and topics like that that are that will make sure that they're that they'll equip kids for whenever they go out in the world. They've been they've been because they're hearing that yeah. stuff whether we want them to or not. Yeah, 
and, and but 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 also we just cover the basics you know hard work um humility the importance of family uh things like honesty my my favorite conversations i'm having with my kids right now is just pointing to god's creation and because mm. you know, everything's so new to them and it's just so fun to go on a walk and talk about the trees and the animals and the birds and yeah so cool it is these are the golden years yeah. when they're little and they're so important because this is when their hearts are tender you know sometimes uh, things get older they get a little tougher a little ornerier and you know in those teenage years sometimes it's hard to 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 get those little kids to listen but when they're young they still believe everything daddy says everything that mommy says and we talk to them about the, about a good and kind and merciful and loving forgiving god who has a plan for us this is the time to to plant those seeds inside of their hearts um, what, what would you say, Trent, to a mom or a dad who's, who's watching right now and go, man, this is, this is inspiring. I want to do something, but I'm just, I'm just in survival mode. And I feel like things are just getting worse. What's the use? What keeps, what keeps you encouraged and gives you hope that we can turn this culture around? First, I, I, I look at you know, my own family and, and I, just, I, I stay focused there and, and realize that you know, the devil has no power over my own home. That's he, right. He doesn't. And, and, and I, I get to choose what I allow in my home. I get to choose the culture that I have in my home. And, and so the world can do whatever it wants. At the end of the day, my home's my home. And, and so that's just like this. That's my, that's my place. And then as far as the, the culture at large, um, I get encouraged every day, you know, just, we have more and more people that are subscribing and, and, joining up with brave books but you know people like yourself and and you know they're it's like when the dark when it gets dark you know the the lights light us up the whatever that phrase is it's the brightest <laughs> it's the, brightest <laughs> the, the darkest dark. point yeah. yeah that's when that 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 light means so much yeah and it stands out and so i'm in a position where i'm interacting a lot with culture and i get to see all those bright lights that are starting to starting to stand out you know in this dark time well, man, you're, you're a bright light. Brave Books is a bonfire of light, and uh, I'm, I'm honored to be working together with you. Thanks for coming on Takeaways. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.